0: Hey, Stripper Whispers, this is Corey Michaelis, back with another episode of the pod. Uh, I just want to update you on where I'll be performing stand-up comedy in the next few weeks. Next week, October 22nd through the 27th, I'll be at the Comedy Cave in Calgary, Canada. Uh, And then when I get home, I'll be doing a bunch of Northwest gigs. November 1st in Portland, Um, November 2nd in Chehalis. Corey Michaelis in Chehalis, November third. I'll be in Bellingham, um, and November sixth in Hoquiam, Ho- Hoquiam, Washington. Come out, check out all the tour dates on CoreyMichaelis and enjoy the latest episode of Stripper Whisperer. <laughs> hello everybody and welcome okay hello everybody, and welcome back to stripper whisper uh the podcast where we get behind the G string and learn the lives of strippers both in the club outside the club and then help all of you be really good customers in their spaces today. I am in spokane, not spokane washington Spocompton. um Spocompton, they call it, and that's that's who you're hearing right now is uh, Phoenix say hello hi. Phoenix is uh, shockingly her stage name. Um, I did meet a Phoenix in the front row of a comedy show at Portland recently. Eight-year-old girl. (laughs) Yeah. And it was was all I could do to not make jokes about like, oh, well, your mom named you (laughs) with a future in mind. Um, But she was the sweetest little girl who loves stand-up comedy. And her favorite TV show is Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And we got a photo together. It's on my Instagram. Aww. You got to check it out. It's her wearing my one of my t-shirts that I sell at the show. Oh,
1: I think I saw it—the collage dropout one. Yes, yes, yes. Well,
0: I gave her graduate. I wanted to be optimistic. It was the red one. Yep.
1: Yeah, I remember seeing that.
0: I'll grab you one from my car, and I'll give you one before you leave. Uh, I've got the
1: collage dropout one. Oh, that's
0: right. You do have one. Yeah, that's right. a one. I'll give you one that you don't have, maybe. Oh, I know. I have a. I have a little. Uh, some gifts for you that I'll make sure that I get you. Uh, So we're here with Phoenix. Also, um, you know, she goes by uh, Danielle sometimes in her life. And uh, on Instagram, if you want to check out who I'm talking to, it is fiery underscore love underscore Phoenix. Fiery underscore love underscore Phoenix. That'll be in the description. But uh, welcome. Thank you for coming.
1: Of course. Thanks for inviting me. I
0: really appreciate it. I need some liquid courage to talk to strippers. It's what I need, so cheers. I usually do a shot, but it's so early in the day.
1: I remember you being shy.
0: Right, so shy.
1: Even when I first met you, you came up and you like put the tip on my stage and went back to your seat.
0: (laughs) You know what's funny is that's less of being shy and that's a little bit more of me being... um, uh, You know that thing... Of, in a bar, and you want to talk to somebody, you go up to them and you say something, and then you walk away, to create intrigue. It's me doing that. No. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I would doing. have never
1: considered that.
0: Yeah, because people, especially if it's a really attractive woman, uh so there's this whole concept of how to talk to women who are really attractive or that are paid to like you. And people say there's these things like nagging them. You've probably heard of nagging or experienced it, where they like. Basically, kind of insult you, <laughs> uh, and that I don't know that that has ever worked very well.
1: Probably not when it comes to strippers, right? If it's sarcasm, though, depending on the person, it just might work because I'm a sarcastic asshole. Mm-hmm. So when I meet somebody else as a sarcastic asshole, I-, I can appreciate the humor,
0: right? And, and it some does guys,
1: work.
0: yeah, and some <laughs> guys go so way like they didn't, they don't know, they don't hone it, or they go way too far. But it's things like, or picking out a really specific thing about you, like, oh, my, your earlobes are so interesting. That makes a lot of people, especially really attractive people, just kind of go like, wait, what? And then especially if you walk away, that can be like, oh, that's interesting. Now, the nagging thing I've learned, first of all, I don't know that it ever worked that well. But it definitely doesn't work as much anymore because a lot of women are onto it. And also they're like, I don't want to be insulted, (laughs) right? Yeah but there's this like lower level of it of just creating intrigue with like tricks like walking by a group of girls and being like did you guys see the two homeless guys fighting outside and they'll be like no and like, it was crazy they were like pulling on each other's hair and stuff and then like, one ran the other way and then one like yelled in the air they just make up a story oh, and then you wow. go, anyway i gotta go back to my friends i'll talk to you guys later and just like that, dropping that seed of like interest. But it's all fake and it's lies and it's bullshit. So that's probably what I'm doing. It's probably left over from those days of me trying <laughs> to get, you know, and also I'm trying to not be, because I have this podcast also, I'm trying to be the least um, creepy as possible, but also be a good customer. <laughs> I'm trying to balance that. So that's so funny. We do talk about how we met. So you, so th- this is great. So I did that and then I went back and sat in my seat. And go ahead and take the story from there. How did we yeah, what, how did we well, can you t- meet or can, tipped me oh, no. in
1: fives, and that's why I was impressed, because they weren't ones. And not only that, but you didn't sit at the stage. You put the money down, you went back to your seat, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go talk to him. I feel like there's some potential there. Nice. And then, when I actually sat down with you, and you told me who you were, because you remember I shared one of your quotes on Facebook that day. that That freaking day right and then you were like no way you're lying if you show me that you shared my quote on facebook today i'll give you free comedy tickets so then i went on my facebook right in the middle of the floor in front of everybody and i showed you that i dead ass shared it that day like four hours before i met you that
0: is 100 percent true and i had Mm -hmm. forgotten uh, that part, yeah, and that, that was great.
1: actually uh, your quote about uh, calling Spokane Spokane because you're like, I don't think it's that bad.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. So I, yeah, the joke that I make when I come to Spokane is, uh, and here's a little bit behind the scenes of joke writing or whatever, is that a lot of people call Spokane Spokane, and I don't think that's true because it is not that bad in Compton. <laughs> That's the joke that I wrote on a meme. I created it. I put it out there to advertise some shows. It got shared a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit for me. And it somehow ended up in your feed. Mm -hmm. And you shared it. How awesome and funny is that? I had forgotten all of that. And then I, um, so that you basically got the story spot on. A lot of times the, the how did we meet story, the woman doesn't remember as well as I do just because they meet so many people. Uh, in strip clubs, well I mean I do meet a lot
1: of people, but there's certain people that stick out you know and meeting right. you and I've been to a couple of your comedy shows now. and that's the other thing so that, yeah. you know it sticks out in my memory a little bit more plus uh the show that you were doing out in you remember there were stripper poles on the stage and i threw ones at you which i thought was fucking hilarious it was very
0: very funny and then you
1: did a stripper remove on the pole for me i tried which my I still best have the video by I the way oh
0: you have the video good i need yeah. that video because i don't have that I you do don't have, the have pho- it i have the photos only i posted the photos
1: <laughs> i still have the video oh
0: we gotta get that we'll put that in the patreon along with amazing. the video of I'll this episode that's so funny yeah this is so great so we actually like Um, Became buds kind of immediately, but then I also got a dance from you before I left. And yeah, I'm confident. Yes, I did, of course. And then, so that's kind of that's a perfect way for me to go into a club and sort of introduce myself and meet somebody, and then eventually kind of befriend them, and then hopefully they'll do the podcast. But it isn't to do the podcast. It's just to I see a real connection between what y'all do. in in stripping and what we do in stand-up and there's so many parallels um and it's it's so fun and now you're sarcastic and you have a good sense of humor and you like to go to the shows I'm curious from your perspective do you see parallels between being a stripper and like being a stand-up comedian or any other yeah yeah what are some of the things that you see as
1: um okay, um, the cover fee, that's one thing. A lot of people complain about having to pay for tickets or pay a cover charge, but what they don't realize is that's how we get paid. You know, for me as a dancer the cover charge doesn't necessarily pay me because it pays the club right um but i have to make money you know and same for you like i feel like people don't realize with your merchandise like everybody always wants a free t-shirt nobody wants to pay for it right you know but people don't realize that is how you're making your money
0: yeah, so the business end of both a strip club and a pay comedy for club. for
1: all sorts of aspects of it, you know.
0: Can we talk quickly about that? It doesn't come up very often because it's you know can be a little uncouth to talk about money. But I am curious at the club. By the way, we'll talk about real quickly. If you're uh, in Spokane and you want to see her dance, tough. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> have to go to Vegas because now she is tra- she travels to Vegas frequently to dance at Larry uh, Flint's Hustler Club down there. Uh, It's a club I haven't been to yet. It's Um, freaking huge. Yeah. It's like three stories
1: tall. They have a they turn the rooftop into a nightclub. There's also a male revue there. Yes. So there we get all types of people. There's a huge golden boner that people can ride. That's That's a lot of fun. Wow. Mm -hmm.
0: Intriguing. Define huge. Just kidding. I mean Uh, like (laughs) six feet. Uh, right. Like like this
1: huge. It's almost like it's
0: like a couple feet longer than you know, like if you go
1: to the carnival rides, (laughs) you know those horses that go up and down like bigger than one of those and it goes up and it goes down so it's kind of like that but it's just like this huge like veiny in detail golden bone can you take a photo
0: when you with yourself on it or a video of yourself yeah or is that okay yeah i not for that i never have but
1: but yeah people take pictures on it all the time oh they
0: gotta go okay so i've been to frequently to spearmint rhino in vegas and frequently to sapphire in vegas um, those I don't know if they're the most well known, but they're very they well known, they're the most
1: well known, yeah.
0: And then, um, but there's several of that size of club. Well, in the club that I work
1: at is bigger than right. both Sapphire and Rhino, right? They're those two are just more well known, yeah. Those are the ones that people prefer to go to for whatever reason. I've actually been to both of them. Sapphire, I can see the appeal, especially since they have a pool, right? But Spearmint Rhino. Not so much. Gotcha.
0: It's interesting. You you know, it's uh, and there's so many options in Vegas. There's not a lot of options in Spokane. There's There's essentially one and a half, uh, (laughs) right? Because State Line 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 line, (laughs) uh, is on the border of Idaho and Spokane. I wasn't judging it based on quality, just on where it was. And uh, and then in Vegas, (laughs) perfect. Good to know. And then in Vegas, there's you know. You know, dozens, if not hundreds, and uh, um, in Portland, where you've been also and danced uh, at Club Bruges occasionally. Uh, I haven't been there either. I've been to a number of clubs in Portland and there's a bunch in Portland, the most per capita in the United States. I keep hearing. That's what I've heard too. Um, I'm pretty sure that's accurate. And you know, it'll be hard for me to judge or, or figure that out myself. So I just trust the, trust the statistic. (laughs) Um, so if we're rewinding just a little bit, so, um, we meet that way, uh, you're in this club related to comedy is where we were. So, the way the businesses are run are similar, and I know that people in in stand up comedy they don't understand like what is being paid to the performer, why there has to be a two drink minimum or two item minimum at most comedy clubs, why I have a cover charge can be anywhere from you know ten bucks to five bucks to free on an off night up to thirty forty dollars on a weekend if the the comedian's huge. Um, so it varies all the time at a comedy club it's a little more consistent at a maybe a strip club per night um, but you at your clubs you have to pay uh, for things you have to pay like stage
1: yeah we have to pay what they call stage, a stage rent right and uh, pretty average um, because I am not. Like, I'm contracted, but I'm not on a schedule. I'm open schedule no matter where I get contracted at. And so, my stage rent is typically a little bit higher than most people's.
0: Okay. Um,
1: It averages about $100 a night. Okay. So, you have to think, you know, as soon as you walk in that door,
0: You're negative I 100.
1: owe them $100. And then yeah. anything that I make after that is what I take home. Okay. But not only that... They take a percentage of every VIP room that you sell. If you sell, um, they have promotional like three for a hundred. Three topless dances or down in Portland, it's three fully new dances for a hundred bucks. So we're taking a $20 pay cut, but then we also have to pay them $10 in addition. So we're basically giving one away for free. you know. And a lot of people don't realize that $100 a day is a lot. You know, especially on a really slow slow night, like there have been nights where I have paid more into the club than I've taken home. Mm. And that sucks. You know, plus being an independent contractor, you have to pay for all your makeup. You have to pay for all your outfits, all your shoes, you know, getting your nails done. Girl, me too. Anything and everything. (laughs) You know, it takes money to make money and you have to invest in yourself a lot. And a lot of people don't realize that.
0: So that's very that is an area that is so similar to stand up comedy, because early on, especially we spend so much money to be able to now we're trying to work lots of different clubs, lots of different venues for lots of different bookers. That's a little bit different. And and there's a work your way up um, to maybe like a headliner status at a comedy club. But it's all very similar in terms of like we, um, lose a lot of money on a lot of gigs Mm -hmm. and have to balance like, was, is that worth it because, well, next time they'll have me do the next level and pay me more or, um, next time I'll have more shirts to sell or just whatever thing that we do to try and just, or next time, um, I'll be routing it. So a lot of times we route with other gigs. So like, oh, okay, well, I'm already in Portland, so doing Pendleton, Oregon isn't a full day's worth of gas. It's just a little bit of gas. Um, but all those things we consider early on. And so for you, what? how do you kind of make your way up? Is it more hours? Is it just being better at it? Is it having regulars? What ways can you do things to make more uh. money?
1: So at every club, the clientele is different. Yeah. The girls are different. The way that they sell the rooms are different. Um, the way that they behave, their mannerisms. I mean, every club that I've walked into is completely different from the next. There's, there's no two that are the same. So, um, down in Portland, I was a little thrown off at first um, because I went to Club Rouge, which I saw online and was told by numerous people that it was the best club in Portland. Okay. And a lot of girls, the way that they make their money there is by masturbating, like by playing with themselves. Uh-huh. And I did not anticipate that, gotcha. you know, because I am a dancer. I, there is an art to what I do. Okay. I am an entertainer. I'm not... I'm not there for the attention. I don't care about the attention. You know, I'm there to make my money and go home. Gotcha. I do love to dance. But as far as like the whole sexual aspect of the sure. fantasy, I'm not there for that, you know. Um, but there is a lot of girls and I saw this in Portland, you know, on the main floor, they have a a, a dividing factor at Club Rouge. There's like these three little stages off to the side and that's where they put the girls that are under 21. So they're not allowed to walk the floor. They have to stay on these little stages on the back wall. Okay. And I would constantly look over and girls are fully nude and they're just like finger banging themselves, you know? And that's how they make their money. And I was just like... I'm
0: not trying to I'm like,
1: that's disgusting. (laughs) Like, you shouldn't be playing with your clit on stage. Like, all of that is too much. And not only that, it's unsanitary. It's disgusting. I... I was really grossed out. Uh, Let me
0: ask you this: I don't want to get too detailed or too like uh, crass, but like, because I've seen, because when it's fully nude, a lot of times women will like lay on their back, spread their legs apart, and kind of tap on that area or tap not even on just the back. that,
1: like full on plane so, with it. Actually, like yeah. fingering it
0: inside of themselves as well. Yeah, interesting. I've not seen that. For and I so brought it much. to
1: the manager's attention because in. Um... So they give you like this little—it's not really like a handbook, but it's basically like a packet of frequently asked questions okay. and the breakdown Guidelines. of different room prices. Okay. Exactly. And in this packet that they gave me when I first contracted, it even says, "Do not touch your genitalia. It's unsanitary." And yet I'm looking around the room and girls are doing it everywhere. And I brought it to the manager's attention, and he was like, "Well, from what I know, they're not allowed. They're allowed to touch it. They're just not supposed to play." Play with it, and I'm like, okay, so what is that?
0: <laughs> yeah, how do we define like, that that's line? Disgusting,
1: especially because they don't do regular stage maintenance. So let's say mm-hmm. one girl goes up on stage; she's playing with her couch. Now she's putting her hands yeah, all that over point. that stage, and another girl's gonna come up and lay in that. Like right. that's disgusting right so gross
0: interesting so that's a very wide yeah there is a wide range i've been to a lot of strip clubs and there's a wide range i've interviewed a few strippers from salt lake city and those uh uh, interviews will be released if they haven't been already um and that's no lap dances uh only stage work uh, a bar around the stage to keep you from being able to really reach into anything there Um, very tight security, someone walking you on and off stage, that's security always. And then sometimes walking you to the room where you would go put your clothes back on fully or, or put your covering. Usually they walk on the round on the floor with the covering on. No, they don't remove bottoms or tops. Sometimes they remove tops and have pasties, I think, because they can't be, they can't show either, but then there's full alcohol. Seattle, which is a very similar city to Portland. I actually
1: checked out Seattle strip clubs and I was so grossed out, which is why uh-huh. I went down to Portland because I was like, absolutely not. I am not working at any of these clubs.
0: So Seattle is interesting because the rules are so restrictive that I, my sense is like there's no alcohol.
1: Right. Cause that's a um, Washington state law.
0: Yeah. And then they can go topless, but they're not supposed to go bottomless. And then there's supposed to be like a distance rule when they're on stage. I think it used to be called the three foot rule or something or six foot rule. I don't have to look into that. But then on the floor they can hang out and then they can do dances in private rooms and then up in like boxes in some of the clubs. But I just feel like the lack of alcohol actually makes it more seedy. Because when you have alcohol, <laughs> people have another reason to come there
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm coming yeah. to drink. When
1: it's more fun, you know, when people can actually chill and hang out and, you know, not, it's and the not can make just money, in another money, way. money, 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 money for right. dances. When I actually noticed in Vegas, because um, going from Showgirls, which is a very tiny club, you yes. know, they've got one stage. Yes. It's maybe maxed out at like 30 girls on okay. a super busy weekend, right. you know. In Vegas, um, Friday, Saturday nights, there's typically 300 plus girls yeah. walking around. There's four stages running at all points in time. Yeah. There's two levels just for the women, and then there's a third level that's the male revue. Um, but people have more fun. I don't know if it's just because it's a Vegas experience, Could but be. people can sit and drink. They can smoke hookah. Right. They can smoke cigarettes. Right. They don't have to get up, they don't have to leave the business to enjoy themselves. Versus right. Washington, if you want to smoke or you you want to drink you have to go to the bar next door or you have to go outside right. you have to leave to fully enjoy the experience and yeah. i think that's where washington is messing up because down in vegas people will sit in there and spend money for hours yeah. simply because they don't have to go anywhere they right. serve food 24 hours right i mean it's all accommodating food is very
0: rare in clubs and in, in seattle because there's no alcohol so they don't have to have food mm-hmm. so they don't have to have a kitchen and if we don't have to have a kitchen and hire those people and do all that maintenance do all that cleaning then so why would do they it. yeah and so uh maybe they're doing really well as businesses because i can imagine that they take a decent amount from the ladies but it does make it feel a little bit more seedy from my perspective because like we're saying you you can't you you're only going for the tits and yeah. ass and the private dances you're not going for other reasons it's gonna it's just gonna bring a certain type of clientele in the door yeah that's only going for that and uh it can be a little awkward to walk into it. and they're not crazy super busy either usually so that can make it a little more awkward at times as uh-huh. well so very interesting well uh yeah this is wide range as as you'll learn uh from continuing to listen to the podcast every single time i release an episode right everybody yeah um this is great what why do you uh, why do you dance
1: Uh, cause I got tired of working a minimum wage job and busting my ass to get nowhere. Yeah. It was too much. I constantly think about this. I had a paycheck. I had 120 hours on my paycheck for two weeks. (laughs) And I didn't even make $1,000 with all the taxes that were taken out because I was a part-time employee. So me working that many hours put me into such a high tax bracket that they took even more money. And so I think about that all the time, $1,000 in 120 hours, and now I can make that in a day. Right. You know? Right. It's it's absolutely insane.
0: Is that uh, relatively, I wouldn't say common, but like... thousand dollar a day would that be like i know it gets a little bit awkward to talk about money but like would that I mean, be rare at least, or would that be like
1: at least once a week wow you know it not every day is going to be amazing you yeah. know one day i might make two hundred dollars the next day i may my i might make five hundred dollars sure. the next day i might make a thousand then it'll go down to seven hundred every day is different you never know what to expect yeah but let's say i go down to vegas for a month i'm gonna have at least one of those days every week gotcha you know is that so.
0: is that it was that it was it that way at i presume it wasn't that way at the spokane club no okay, okay. no
1: It uh the deja vu here in spokane i made like three to four grand you know when things were good a month um yeah closer to like two grand With when it was slow how many shifts a week um i work four days a week sometimes more uh going down to vegas i make about 10 to 12 grand a month yeah so i I mean that's a big pay raise
0: yeah 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 so
1: that's why i stopped working at the club here because i felt like it was a waste of my time you know i can just go down to vegas work for four or five weeks at a time make a bunch of money come home take a couple weeks off off, get some tattoos go travel (laughs) a little bit and then go back and do some more work
0: It's very, very interesting. I love it. And you... Um, I was going about to misspeak and say so you fly down there and you but you drive down. I
1: yep, I do now, drive. if
0: you're going to stay that long it's nice to have your car. I'm a yeah. have my car in Vegas kind of guy. I mm-hmm. like to have it. Well,
1: everything's so expensive in Vegas, yeah. you know. If I was to pay for Ubers or cab drivers or yep. pay for a rental car, I already have a car payment. Why would I pay add to it? Base why would I pay my car payment basically 3 times in a month to not even have my car? We
0: have to make that decision all the time in comedy. Mm-hmm. like is it better to drive or to fly and then when we get there is it better to uber around or to have a rental car and and uh, i drink a little bit so i usually uber but lately i've been looking at my not the numbers and been like i gotta get rental cars like they're not the, i mean they're actually pretty expensive but there's this thing called turo that's relatively inexpensive um you rent someone else's car oh wow on that note where do you stay not specifically, but in general, a hotel or Airbnb um, or people's I've places? i stayed at both. Or, yeah.
1: um, a hotel and an Airbnb. I actually, so for this trip, I'm leaving in a couple of days to go okay. back to Vegas. And a girl that I work with down there offered me the last two times that I was there to let me stay with her. Super awesome gal. She's got a daughter, you know, so there's no drama or anything sure. like that. Um, But when she offered, I was already like set up at the place that I was going to stay at. Right. so. I just, you know, I'm lazy. I was like, that's fine. Like, you know, maybe next time. Sure. And so I actually messaged her today and I was like, hey, I'm coming down to Vegas in a couple days. Do you still mind if I stay with you? And she was like, yeah, girl, come on down. You know, so that'll save me some money. Um, Typically for about a month in Vegas, it cost me about fifteen hundred bucks, if not more. So it's pretty expensive to stay down there. So you're kind of doing double payment. Well, yeah, because my rent, rent here, here. is nine hundred dollars a month, okay. and then yeah. I'm paying fifteen hundred dollars a month yeah. down there, um, which but sucks. when you do the math. But it's, it's also it's a business better. expense, yeah. you know. Oh yeah. So I keep all of those receipts from the hotels, from my Airbnb, yeah. all of that money that I have to spend. It's a tax write-off. Yeah. So.
0: That's great, uh, and so for you, it was primarily. Um, a life financial decision to start dancing. Um,
1: Yeah, it was pure necessity because I was not comfortable with the idea of getting naked in front of people. Interesting. I used to be really overweight i used to be 180 pounds okay and so for me the idea of taking my clothes off in front of people even people i was like intimate with was scary let alone doing it for strangers for money you know because that can take a huge hit at your confidence you know you go up there and you get naked and you don't make any money make any
0: money it's terrible
1: and i was really nervous at first and the only reason that i actually made the flip to be a dancer is because i started as a waitress at that club the showgirl. Okay. I started as a waitress and guys were paying me a hundred dollars for an air dance, like without even taking my clothes off because they were so into me. Yeah. And then the manager a came of, to me yeah. maybe like I don't know, three weeks into me being a waitress there and was like, you're pissing off all the dancers, Ah, you're making (laughs) too much money. Either you have to be a dancer or we're gonna fire you. And I was just like, Well, fuck. So can't
0: get fired. So I
1: became a dancer.
0: How about that? That's crazy. Now, did you um was it a situation where you just I, I don't like to ask the question, how did you lose the weight? But like, did you just were you fed up were you um did you just decide i'm gonna get healthy did you well
1: it wasn't like... entirely in my control okay. so i was hit by a car when okay. i was 11 and wow. when i got hit by that car my whole muscle system and my nervous system shut down um my mom didn't get me the proper medical attention that i needed i was taken to the hospital i spent i don't even know it was somewhere between like 10 and 13 hours in the hospital yeah, I didn't live with my mom at the time, Okay, but she wanted to go get high with her boyfriend and she didn't want to be there anymore. Okay, So she starts ripping IVs out of me everywhere. The doctor's like, ma'am, your daughter's in critical condition. Like you can't leave. She needs to be here. Yeah. My mom being her typical self, she's like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. She's my okay. daughter. Okay, So she pulls me out of the hospital. Didn't even take me to my aunt's house, which was where I was staying at the time. Yeah, she left me in the parking lot of the elementary school that I went to and just took off, bounced out. So I didn't get any type of medical attention. Up, yeah, that I or needed. Whatever and you then did, yeah. two years later, um, my back went out on me, um, and I had paralyzed nerves in my spine, and so I had to go to the hospital. And then they referred me to a physical therapist, and then I spent eight years in physical therapy. So the first two years in physical therapy was me developing my muscles because I didn't have any. So your teen years. yeah. Yeah, so... At the time, I couldn't gain weight and I couldn't lose weight. Like, I was stuck at the exact same weight. And I was doing advanced conditioning three times a day for a whole year, didn't lose a single pound. And I didn't understand why. And then towards the end of the year, um, my back basically snapped in half. And that was when I got the paralyzed nerves and I was referred to a physical therapist. I can't see a chiropractor because they'll break my back. So it has to be a physical therapist. Yeah, and I found out that... There were all of these issues um, that were essentially a result of my mom not getting me the proper medical attention that I needed at the time. Right. So then I spent the next, you know, eight years in physical therapy. I should still be in physical therapy, but my insurance won't pay for it anymore at $900 a visit, 120 times a year. So that's
0: yeah, not going to cut it. No. So then, wait. So you um, dancing then. Is that hard on your body still? Yeah. Or, yeah. It's
1: hard on my body, but um, Maybe like I said, could, so yeah. it took me about two years to develop my muscles, mm-hmm. and then it took me another like two and a half years to lose the weight. Okay. And then since then, I've done pretty good. You know, I've been down to um, – I'm 115 pounds now, and right. I was 180 pounds, right. and I stay active every single day. Yeah. You know, so it, it still has an effect, but I feel like um, – probably because of my perspective and how i look at it it really doesn't take that big of a toll on me sure because the way i see it is i was working a minimum wage job breaking my back for somebody else at least now i'm breaking my back for me (laughs) you you know so it's a little bit more tolerable it's not as bad and i love to dance so
0: how's the familial relationship now like aunt you guys good you and your aunt are you my aunt
1: i don't talk to any of my family okay gotcha no i don't talk to any of them got it
0: well that's a bummer Uh, but also like but
1: they're not my family a lot of them are just toxic individuals and they've been in the exact same place for the last 20 years since i was a kid you know it's better for me to just be on my own yeah
0: yep So you just, what, close friends? Close, how do you... uh...
1: I have a couple of people that I'm friends with and close with, but I mean, I could count them on my fingers. I really don't go out. I don't associate with a lot of people. Yeah. Um... Cause I swear, like every time I'm doing good, people want to do this. Uh, you know what I mean? Especially when it comes to family, and then they try, out, uh, the <laughs> yeah, they try to guilt.
0: She's hand out for the listeners. Yeah,
1: they try to guilt-wagging
0: the fingers towards you of like, oh, you're doing well. We should yeah. get a piece of some of that.
1: Yeah, like they're entitled to it, and it's like you didn't work for anything. You didn't work for any of this. I'm not gonna help you, and, and they, I don't feel bad about it.
0: That's great. Yes, yeah, you shouldn't. And then they guilt trip you. That's that's a common. Behavior of folks who, um, who aren't close to you relationally, but are connected to you, like in terms of family. Yeah. They'll drop that. They'll drop that F word. Like I'm your, we're your family. Yeah. And seriously. Like, well, not, no, family is not just a biological thing. It's mm-hmm. uh, how we've been connected over the years and how you've taken care of me in the past. Uh, to have some sort of, and I'm glad. I'm glad for you that you don't feel badly about saying no so many people can't say no and uh, feel like i have to or else and the or else is like they stop there they don't have a rest See, yeah or else i don't sweats. feel like that i've never sweat. felt
1: like that I so I got legally emancipated when okay. I was 16 and my mom she basically turned my whole family against me made everybody believe that I was this drug addict and oh, I was boy. in and out of jail and you know I was doing all of these things wrong and in reality I was working a full-time job I was you know going to high school I was in high I was in college starting at 16 I graduated high school a year early. That was like the best fuck you to her. So yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I've been out here doing all this crazy shit, but I just You're graduated a year early and you right. never even graduated. So. Right.
0: right. Wow. Yeah. Well, good for you. The um, Aside from the money uh, at the club, what do you like? What do you like best at working in a strip club environment?
1: I just like to dance. Yeah. Like yeah. forcing conversation with people and trying to find ways to relate and listening to people's bullshit and (laughs) dealing with people's bullshit is not my idea of fun. I am a very introverted personality. So for me to deal with people, especially in Vegas, that sort of magnitude. I mean, there's hundreds of people pouring in and out every single day, every hour, you know. And just weeding through all that different energy can be exhausting sometimes. Absolutely. But I love to dance, and that's, that's good. what makes it bearable. Because it's like I love to dance, and I'm also getting my workout eight hours a day. And you get so. paid for it. Yeah.
0: So your hustle, if you would say, is the dancing. Is that you try and be as good at on the stage as you possibly can? I wouldn't even say that. Get, I'm just myself.
1: Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. everybody's trying to be whatever they believe their version of sexy or, sure. you know, sensual is. And I don't try to be that. I just I'm myself. I enjoy dancing on stage. Yeah. I enjoy the music. And people, real people, genuine people recognize that. So that's more my crowd. You I know, see. the people that see that and they're like, I like her. I like her personality. It's not so much the creepy guys that are like, oh, my God, you're so hot. Yeah, yeah.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So
1: it's kind of nice. <laughs> uh,
0: I liked you just saying that to me, by the way. That was, uh, <laughs> so I think that guys would be different in a dance strip club scenario because we would want all the creepy girls to be creepy. but um, So that probably not actually but um that's another way in that stand-up is very similar to um uh to dancing in that we have to interact with a lot of folks and some stand-ups are like really good at that part like i'm pretty good at the part of like interacting with people and anybody who you might describe as a fan and being and after the show talking to them maybe hanging out with some of them and and uh connecting and it's mostly genuine. I have to put on a little bit of a, you know, a front and a mm-hmm. and a face sometimes. If the person is making it very awkward or if they're socially awkward, um, that's very similar. The other thing is very similar that you mentioned is that so many people think that because we're on a stage and we're speaking or dancing or um, sharing the deepest things in our life in stand up or sharing our fully nude body in dancing, that we must be extroverts and yeah. so many standup comedians are introverts mm-hmm. and i suspect a lot of strippers as well are introverts um and uh this is just the one way in which they aren't but also there's a reward for it
1: <laughs> yeah uh,
0: so that's interesting did you um when you get off stage go down onto the floor do you find that that part is like annoying what's what would be the word frustrating annoying awkward for you to try and then interact with people on a one-on-one level to get them to do private dances
1: sometimes it's really easy okay depending it really depends on the person and i'm sure you can relate because i'm sure with being a stand-up comedian a lot of the time it it comes down to your audience Audience, what do they appreciate you know um, being a dancer, sometimes I'll walk up to guys and they'll put their hand in my face and not even say anything. Uh. And I just want to be like, ew, what the fuck is wrong with you? Right. Like, what is with your attitude? And with other people, you know, they're very nice. You yes. know, they're very genuine. There are people who come to strip clubs for all different reasons, sure. you know. Some people, they really just want to go upstairs and cuddle with you for a little while. Some yeah. guys come because they want to rub your feet, you know. Sure. They want to rub some hot chick's feet. Yeah. Some, I mean, some guys come looking for sex. I mean, yeah. that's just a given. That's any strip club. Yeah. But everybody comes with their own purpose, and you just got to try to find the people that are on your level, you know, that you can get along with. Because for me, sometimes, and I say it just like this when I'm at work, it's like pulling fucking teeth to get a dance out of anybody. Yeah. Because it's not what they're there for. You know, a lot of yeah. guys go into the strip club looking for sex, and when they can't get it, they don't want to spend any money. Right. So sometimes it's irritating, sometimes it's frustrating, sometimes it's the most amazing thing in the world. I had a group of people one night, I was on stage and they the host, they ended up leaving me up on stage for about 20 minutes just because th- this crowd of people loved me i mean they were like banging on my stage oh, like it was so much fun right and i made 500 dollars on that stage right i mean people wow. were just like they didn't want anyone else up like they just wanted them to keep me up there they right. loved my dance and then when i got off stage i kind of felt bad for the girl after me because they were also into me they that they away. all wanted to dance for me and yeah. they weren't paying her any mind yeah you know that so happens. sometimes yeah. it sucks sometimes it's frustrating sometimes it's irritating sometimes you just don't even want to be there but other times it's so worth it and it's it's actually a lot of fun it really yeah. just depends on the people and how they treat you because if people treat you like shit it's gonna suck you know what,
0: yep and what's the um what are like some of the most common treat you like shit things that happen to you um that you know if a listener is listening i mean there's some obvious things that all right, well, that uh, putting a hand in your face is obviously shitty. Yeah. But are there some things that are maybe more subtle or whatever that people do or guys or women as customers do that you kind of like, I I hear, I hear this a lot
1: I hear this a lot guys will say I don't usually like white girls ah. that is really infuriating especially because I am mixed. so Phoenix is my native name I'm part Native American okay. but I was raised in a black family my mom is European and Native American Okay. all of her brothers and sisters are European and African American okay so being raised around black people I was not raised around white people. I don't know yep. white people and your mannerisms, you know. I don't... I don't know what shows they watch. I don't know what they eat. I don't know how <laughs> they dress. I don't know how they talk. But I constantly... You're... People refer to my ethnicity a lot. Like, oh, you don't dance like a normal white girl. Or, uh, oh, wow, you, you have a nice butt for a white girl. Like, it's constant... And it's that's not a compliment. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. really not in no. retrospect. And it's always... Something about being a white girl. Yes. You're a good dancer for a white girl. Wow, you shake your ass really well for a white girl. You have a big ass for a white girl. You're really pretty for a white girl. Wow. Like, just all of these comments, they're not compliments at all. And I don't know why people think that they are, but those ones, I just try to shrug them off or, you know, think of something witty to say, you know, some type of... Right, right. Come back, but. What
0: about for a. What about for a native? I've Uh, actually had someone who was raised by black folks. So I had (laughs) Uh, this guy.
1: Um, I was in the middle of giving him a lap dance uh and we were at the Deja Vu here in Spokane. And he knew that I was Native American. Mm -hmm. We had already kind of discussed it. And in the middle of the dance, he looks me dead in my eyes and he goes, you know, you would make a really cute Native American slave. And I got up and I was like, this dance is over. And I just walked away. There have been so many times hearing Things like that, where I've wanted to hit people, and I don't, you know, because I don't, I don't want to lose my contract, you know, lose my place of business. But it's it's frustrating. It's hard to deal with sometimes, and you have to take it with a smile on your face and just let it go.
0: What must be so difficult? It is similar to stand up. We have a little bit more power, especially with people in the audience, to say some things because we have a microphone and that's our job is to be funny and say something funny. It's not to be uh, attractive to the person or um, naked in front of them or whatever. But, but there is a very similar thing where there's so much after shows, Hey, you want to hear a joke? No, because invariably (laughs) it's going to be racist. First of all, uh, or sexist or, you know, worse than, um, than any of like, or worse both (laughs) usually. Uh, And then the other is, it's not It's going to be funny to us. Um, and, like, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> for what purpose? Like, what are we doing here? Because I want to show how funny I am. Well, you're not, you know. But, um, <laughs> but that happens a lot. And then, I can't imagine. Not to dismiss or discount what's happening to you. First of all, they're qualifying. Any qualifier to a compliment or an attempt at a compliment is not a compliment, you know. Right. So, for a... Uh, whenever that follows the compliment or attempt at a compliment, it's just not. That, nega- no. that negates it. And then the other is, again, not to dismiss or, or reduce what's happening to you when people do that. That is must... that For people of color, that must just be you know, so prevalent in their lives to hear that all the time. And it's nice.
1: I get rejected by black people a lot. Yeah. African American people, um, because they're racist, which is really upsetting considering I was raised by black women. Yeah. You know, it sucks because for me personally, I connect with African American people more because that's what I grew up around. You know, that's the music I grew up listening to. Those are the clothes that I grew up wearing, you know, There's just, there's a whole lifestyle that comes with African-American people. Yeah, Yeah, every culture culture is different. And so being raised in that and then approaching people that I think that I would relate to better and then being rejected by them because they don't like me off top because of my skin color, it really sucks, you know? Because
0: there's 100% until you speak to a dancer, stripper, And even after talking to one in a club, you don't always get to the bottom of that deep of their lives. But before then, it's 100% based on what they look like and how they move. And so, um, yeah, and so then you've experienced by being raised by, you know, strong black women or black women or people in in African-American culture that, like, they probably hear that all the time.
1: Oh, I know you're for a fact that You're smart they for do. a black
0: person. Would be yeah. a very common thing that must be so annoying to deal with. I have with seen and it and witnessed it
1: myself. Yeah, so I know that, that they do, but it sucks so so because it's like, why would you know? You would it, like knowing, to... like, knowing that, knowing what a shitty feeling that is right. when people treat you like right. that. Why would you treat someone else like that? Right, and that's what I don't get. Right. You know, and it sucks because in my position. You can say something. You can make a joke about it. I'm not allowed to get offended. Yeah. Contractually speaking, I am not allowed to get offended by anything anybody says. So it doesn't matter what they call me. It doesn't matter how degrading they are. It doesn't matter how rude or racist or sexist or whatever. I just have to take it with a smile on my face and figure out how to make it into a good experience.
0: That's wild. And so now... uh. For sure, I knew that that was just the social contract of the job of like, okay, this is the best way to handle this because I I still want to make money off of you or I want to walk away and allow other people to make money off of you or I want to walk away and allow the club to make money off of you still. Um, I didn't know that in some clubs that it was so strict in terms of like, no, don't your
1: contract. You cannot, you are not allowed to get offended.
0: Are you, can you, do you have any recourse? Can you go to security? Can you go to a manager? Nope. Oh my gosh. Not even, I mean,
1: if a guy, let's say a guy comes up to you and he's just like, I really want to fuck you. Right. Smile and walk away. That's all you're allowed to do. Make some witty comeback. But you cannot, you can't complain to management about it because if you continuously complain about the actions of the customers, yes, then you are now deemed a, a problem. Yeah. Which it, it sucks because you think they would raise the bar, you know, for the customers that walk in the door. You think they would have some sort of expectations for them to create a safe, fun work environment yeah. for us, but it's not about us, which is crappy because we're the ones that hold that business together. We're the whole reason yeah. people come in and yet they're not held to a higher standard of ethics right which really sucks but yeah we're not allowed to get offended we're not, not allowed to get upset to we're happen. not allowed to get mad we're not allowed to you know spit yeah. back something hateful <laughs> at them which i would love to do half yeah. the time
0: yeah yeah well you're witty so you could now do you um has that been consistent in all the clubs you've been in as far as you or that you've been contracted in at least um or the only one is there been an exception to it
1: that there's been a little bit of an exception to the rule is the deja vu show girls here in spokane and that's because there's so few girls and it's such a tight-knit uh club that if you have issues like that you can go to the management and they will make them leave you know they're not going to tolerate it but in vegas it's a whole different ball game they expect you to just put a smile on your face and deal with it
0: because you're a same di- in portland you're a dime a dozen um, right because there's hundreds minds. of girls that right. want your job yep Wow. So similarly, uh, it's not for the same reasoning necessarily in stand-up, but there's clubs that are really uh, tough on hecklers, and there's some that aren't. What's interesting about stand-up comedy clubs, it's, it's less about wanting... There is some fear of, like, this could hurt our business to be tough on a heckler. That person won't come back. They'll tell people those people won't come. Um, but mostly the fear, it's really just kind of being wimpy. Like, they don't want to have the interaction with the person and say you need to leave and be tough on them. And so there's so many clubs that aren't tough on hecklers or loud people. Um, and then the problem then is when you're not tough initially or ever, then it grows to such a level that there's so many in the room at a time that you could never never handle it anyway. In teaching, when I taught high school, there was sort of a rule of like, you can't have more than, um, I think they would say like 10% of the class out of line. So if there's 30 kids, more than three kids out of line, uh, because then you've lost control and you don't really have. But if there's three or less that are behaving in a way that's poor, you're still sort of, you can be in control. And once it gets over that, you're like, you've lost them. And uh, so we're always, there's always that consideration. And what they like to do in comedy clubs, and when I taught high school, is it's so funny how hecklers exact, act the exact same way as teen age kids. Um, <laughs> and I love to tell them that when I have the opportunity. Oh, you're acting just like my 14-year-old students do right now. But um, they like to get allies in the room. So mm-hmm. they like to get other people on their side. Like kids will go, like, can you believe him right now? And then this kid, because the social contract is I'm going to support you, and I don't really care about the teacher as much as I care about our friendship. Uh, Even if I totally disagree with what you did, I'm not going to stand up to you. It's Mm -hmm. way easier to be like, yeah, crazy. Um, And uh, similarly, it's harder to do in a comedy club, though, because usually people around them uh, are mad at them. Their only allies are the people that came with them. So (laughs) interesting. Well, that's some of the negative stuff. But like... For us who are listening the folks who are listening and uh for anybody like what is a what are some things that a really good customer does in your mind that you love when customers do? You describe sort of that group that was really excited about you on stage and yeah. being animated and that was fun, and then requesting a dance afterwards um giving you money for sure, especially if they're experiencing it either by watching you on stage or getting a dance but what what are what are some other things that you
1: The biggest thing is people's energy. Okay. You know, when people have good energy and they're just like excited to talk to you and be around you and not necessarily the compliments. I mean, the compliments are nice. Right. But just the fact that they're so wowed by what you've done. Right. You know, it's, they appreciate what you're doing and that in itself is amazing. When, like I said, those people were, like, pounding on my stage. Yeah. That was so cool. I've never had right. people, like, in unison bang on my stage. but enthusiastic they were, yeah, about like, Yeah, like, that's so cool, you know, when people tip you. A lot of people uh, don't tip strippers, they you don't. know, because they feel like... Well, $20 for a song, like, that's already expensive, plus they had to pay the cover. Yeah. And the cover is what people always try to bring into the argument, and it's like, okay, but you didn't pay me, you paid nothing the nothing to do with me. That yeah. had nothing to do with me, and yeah. that's just to gain entrance inside, to have the opportunity to get a dance, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, a lot of people don't tip us, which is, you know, neither here nor there, I guess. It, it sucks, but um, you you got to make your money, so... Yeah. Um, it's nice when people tip especially when people tip like big because that doesn't happen very often right. like say when i get a 20 dollar bill on stage i'm gonna go give that person all of my attention because yeah. most people tip two or three bucks you know if anything at all and then that's it so when people tip big money like 20s or 50s especially a hundred dollar bill like you yeah. give that person all of your attention
0: yeah um
1: because we don't see that very often right Or customers that offer to buy you drinks or they offer to buy you food or, you know, um, the best ones, the best customers are the ones that are like, would you like a massage? And they just want to rub your shoulders and talk like that is... That's amazing, because we don't see that most people come in and they have an expectation of some sexual fantasy that right. they want fulfilled, and it's never about us right you know it's always about the other person right so when it actually becomes about us and our art and what we're doing, it's way more fun
0: right, right, and in terms of uh so you mentioned massage and i've uh touch is a very interesting. Um, line in strip clubs because it's different club to club Um, and then guys sometimes don't know they also sometimes pretend to not know and uh, so in a club in any of the clubs you've been in could a guy be like hey can I give you a massage and it would be okay with the management and bouncers and yeah security. when it
1: comes to touching it is totally up to our discretion okay so if we feel like you're touching us inappropriately yeah. or in a way that is not professional at that point that is literally the only point in which we can go and complain right that is it that is where Touch the is line the is is yeah. drawn
0: and in, a, in the club you're working in in vegas right now if are a lot of the uh, are a lot of the lap dances on the floor just right on uh, yeah. the Yeah, so we have yeah.
1: a main floor downstairs. There's two stages and then we have uh, booths off the side. People have to pay for bottles to sit in those booths. Yep. And all on the main floor the dances are twenty bucks. Yeah. If you go upstairs to the VIP, the main floor dances are forty bucks and then from there it goes into like the there's a 15 minute dance area it's not like a room but then they have actual champagne rooms for like half hour an hour yeah and they have like party suites and stuff like that sure um but yeah, a lot of the dances happen on the main floor, and I think that's because people like to be in the middle of it all. Sure. You know, people like that attention of I'm getting a lap dance. You know, right. this topless girl is like all over me. Right. So a lot of people, and that's why they have the lo- booths.
0: logistically too, it's just you know, yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, because people can get a bottle, sit in these booths they feel like are reserved for them. They've got yeah. their own little space. You know, there's hundreds of girls walking up asking them if they want to dance. They yeah. get all sorts of attention. So that. That's that's where a lot of it goes on. Um, and then, you know, you have people, like I said, that are looking for something different. They want, you know, somebody to talk to or somebody to confide in, you know. Maybe they want to watch a movie and just hang out. Like, there are people like that, but most of it is just... People want to be seen. People want the attention. They want the love. You know. Yeah, yeah. They want the full experience. They want other people to see what they're, they're getting. There's a
0: little ego boost there. Somehow. Yeah. Um. What do you uh, do? You get to choose your music ever? Or do you? Um, if you do, what do you choose?
1: So I, at every club that I go to, I get to know the DJ. Yes. Very well. I tip them every night.
0: Uh, okay. Yeah. I that's get in a thing. good with
1: the DJ, and that is how I have allowed uh, myself to listen to music that I want to listen to gotcha. because if you don't tip the DJ, if you don't talk to the DJ, if you don't associate with the DJ in any way, there's Why no I... there's no way yeah. for them to know what you want to listen yeah. to. There's no way for them to know if you like what they're playing. <laughs> and for me, when I go on stage, even if the crowd is just a bunch of assholes and they're not spending any money, if I can at least dance to music that I want to dance to, I'm enjoying myself. There you go. So then I'm yeah. having a good time either way. So. Every night, as soon as I walk in the door, the first person that I tip is the DJ. Mm-hmm. 20 or 40 bucks, here you go. Throughout the night, if I make more money, depending on how involved the DJ is, like the one in Vegas, he's absolutely amazing. He comes down from his DJ booth, he walks around, he interacts with people, he kind of talks shit a little bit, like if nobody's tipping the stages. Sure. I was on stage one day and this guy put up two bucks and he was like, oh shit, she can buy a McChicken with that. Oh, like clowning on him. And Fine. then so he put up a couple more dollars and she was like, oh, now she can supersize it. And I ended up making a lot of money on that stage. Yep. And so I tipped him like another $20 because he came down and he interacted and you know, he wasn't necessarily upselling me, but he was putting attention on me. Sure. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and then sure. like, there's a two-story pole at that club in Vegas and oh, wow. I climb up to the top to it. I, like I get face to face with him in his DJ booth. <laughs> I'm upside down, I'm shaking the pole, I'm doing all this stuff and he will make people notice me. He will make people pay attention. On it. Yeah, yep. exactly and he'll i will go up i'll request my music at any point in time if i want to go on stage If i've got a customer that wants to see me on stage i'm like hey go hand them 10 bucks will you put me on stage play this music for me and it works really well like you just have to know how to work with people interesting um even at the club in portland i got them to play the music that i wanted to listen to being a brand newbie like didn't know anybody but i was like hey and i actually was tipping the dj more than the normal girls were so they were more apt to play music for you and get on your good side because you're coming in understanding how the game is played yeah you know yeah. if if you appeal to that side when it comes to money talks yeah you know i'm sure you've heard that thing money yeah. talks and when you come in and you're like hey if you scratch my back i'll scratch yours and you lead it with a twenty dollar bill they're not gonna say no yep you know yeah they're not gonna try to piss you off
0: for sure what when you ask what do you ask for <laughs>
1: um it depends on the crowd okay um i so when i first walk in i kind of observe the crowd a little bit see okay. what they are if they're like more laid back if they're more into like the sexy slow music if they're more into gotcha. like if they're a younger crowd they'll be more into the club music like right. the bangers and stuff yeah so it really just depends on what the crowd looks like okay. and then based on the crowd is how i'll pick my music okay so it just depends
0: gotcha gotcha um, the only real thing that we've sort of not addressed is like, um, and I, and I, it's always, cause I don't want to assume that you're ever going to stop, um, uh, because you don't have to, that's not a requirement of the job. Um, however, you know, when it comes to just your body taking that toll, um, um, Maybe sometimes burnout, maybe sometimes not being wanting to be in that scene or whatever. Do you see an end to when do you think about that? Do you know I what do, you would do if actually, you actually finish? Like do you So
1: um I write music. Okay. I sing and I rap. I'm a really good rapper, actually. Okay. And I'm not a cocky person, you know, I'm not conceited in any way, but I know that rapping is something that I'm really good at. Okay. I have, uh, the first half of an album basically ready to go. I just haven't recorded it yet okay. because I've been trying to, like this year I've been traveling, you know, yeah. to Vegas, Portland. I've been to a couple different states, um... And I've been saving my money and allowing myself time, you know, when I come home, that gives me time to work on music and actually do what I want to do. But again, that is another, it's, it it takes money to make money. It's basically just like what I'm doing with dancing. I have to invest in myself. Exactly. So for, I have six beats right now. Um, My cousin, he makes them for me. Mm -hmm. I'll send him like little videos of a verse of a song and be like, I need you to make something like this with this and maybe add this in here. Yeah. You know, just describe it to him and then he'll send me something. We might tweak it a little bit. So it takes a little bit of time. It's a process. It costs me $50 for every beat that I buy. Okay. You know, plus it's a lot of time and effort just to, you know, create music. It's, right. And then um, the recording part, I actually have a recording. Uh, spot out in Vegas that I'm going to start recording out here soon in the next couple of weeks. It's just been a matter of when... You know, like I have to have the time and I have to have the money. And that's why I've been traveling so much so that I can allow myself to have the time and the money that I need to step away from dancing. Because once I do step away from dancing, I know I'm going to be taking a huge pay cut for a while. Right. You know, because investing in my music is going to be hard. It's just, it's very similar to being a stand-up comedian. You have to invest in yourself. You have to set up tours. I mean, there's all sorts of things that go on. And so... I'm just trying to wait for the right time. I don't yeah. want to rush into it too fast. Um, I've paid off all my debt since I started dancing, and I got myself a new car. You yeah. know, now I'm working on saving money. Um, I'd save more money if I wasn't going to Jamaica this summer. But well, I deserve a vacation. I've sure. never been on vacation. So I'm splurging a little That's bit great. for that.
0: As you should. Um,
1: And I do buy a lot of tattoos. Like all of my tattoos are pretty expensive. And so like when I spoil myself, that's what I do, spend money on tattoos. But at the same time, I'm not like in a rush to get to that stage of being on tour and traveling, you know, for music. Because sure. right now, I'm on my time. Yeah. I'm living my life how I want. I do what I want. I go where I want, when I want. I eat when I want. I take days off when I want. Yeah. I, I do whatever I want. And it's yeah. amazing. You know, I've never been able to live like that. So I don't feel like there's any need to rush into the music business. Sure. It's, it's going to be there. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: and is it possible to hear anything you've done yet, or do we got to just be patient?
1: You'll just have to be patient. All right. All
0: right. Because
1: I already have beats, I have songs written, yeah. ready to go, ready to be recorded. So, I would to rather you hear the first finished version. Yeah,
0: I agree. I feel the same way about my, my stand up for sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was, you're so interesting. It's so great. I'm so uh, <laughs> excited and proud of you for all you've done. Uh, if Thank you, you want to, uh, you should want to follow uh, phoenix slash danielle on instagram at fiery underscore love underscore phoenix uh, i am mr cory michaelis on instagram and twitter and just Corey michaelis on all the other stuff i'll be in your town soon so uh, keep an eye on that um and when it's somebody that i know that i'm interviewing or know like okay um i uh just show you my best lap dance while you um talk shit to me (laughs) or make fun of me and that's how we just end uh it and so since i know you kind of i won't i won't lap dance on you but i'll lap dance near you we're gonna go ahead and see see what Corey has to offer Uh uh-oh even know if this will
1: work. Like I mean I did see your super pull moves. They were pretty good. So, yeah, super cool pretty good but...
0: <laughs> we gotta lap into the thing kinda... I was trying to find.
1: This is actually a pretty
0: typical super. Song. It is that's why I yeah. was thinking I
1: see a lot of girls do a um, like in between the, the guys. Right? Oh, yeah. And they, like, try right to like, <laughs> kind of get them hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, you do. I don't do that okay. right She doesn't do it. That no. Nice no. Yeah. When I grind on guys and my ass is on their dick, that's pretty much all they need. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all she does is grind and put her ass on your dick, and that's all it takes. Because she's yeah. that good. Go that see her, good. Uh, Larry <laughs> Flint's Hustler Cub in Las Vegas. I'll be there in a couple days. She'll be there in a couple days. And um, I'll be all over the country. You'll hear at the, uh, uh, my tour dates. And you can also follow me online to see those tour dates. Thanks again. Uh, you're the best. Thank Have you. Have a great uh, time in Vegas. <laughs>